Welcome to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource them towards growth in all aspects of their life, professional, personal and spiritual. Now, we seek to do this through online courses, our Genius Project Masterclass for Catholic women, The Genius Podcast and our live virtual events. Now, we have some really exciting news here at The Genius Project this week in that we're going to be announcing the dates for our next live virtual event, which is coming up in just a few short weeks. Now, these live virtual events are next level, ladies. They are just not another Zoom call because if you're anything like me, you're totally maxed out from Zooms. This platform is incredible. I have been using it to run my husband's live virtual events for Catholic teachers in the US, and it is amazing. So, This is not a Zoom, it's going to be a great event where you can come and gather with other women from all around Australia and the world and you're going to receive some really amazing input. Just come and have your souls fed by the amazing lineup of Catholic speakers that we've got coming to share and serve you over the weekend. So anyway, check it out on the website, the events page, www.geniusproject.co and on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily and there'll be a link in the bio there. On this week's episode of the Genius Podcast, I'm joined by my beautiful friend, Laura K. Rowland from the East Coast of the United States. Now, as many of you would know, Laura came over and was one of our guest speakers at our Sisterhood National Catholic Women's Conference. And so today she's joining me and we're going to be unpacking this topic of the seasons of a woman's life. But she has a bit of an interesting take on this, so I'll let her explain that for you. So sit back, relax and enjoy this conversation with Laura Rowland. Laura, thank you for joining us on the Genius Podcast today. It's so exciting to be able to see your beautiful face. Oh, I've been so looking forward to this, Karen. Thank you for having me back. And and um, I just love that we get to have these just wonderful conversations. I don't know about you, but I leave like almost giddy when we're finished. Like, like it was just a great conversation between girlfriends, you know, like sisters, like really talking some things out. I love, I love it. Absolutely. I love you. You've been one of the greatest gifts that God's given me over the past few years. It's just amazing. You were on, I think, episode four of season one of the podcast. So we're now into episode two. So for women who are just joining us, Laura and I connected when you wanted to book my husband to speak over in Washington, D.C., back in four years ago, really? 2017. Yes, 2017. He, he came out in um, like late September, early October. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that was um, that was great. And I remember just chatting to you and we talked to talked. I thought, oh, this woman's like kindred spirit because you were helping out in the Catholic school's office at the time and organizing Jonathan speaking to her. And we got talking because I handle his travel. And then I was like, would you like to come over to Australia and speak at the Catholic Women's Conference here? And you said yes. <laughs> I did, but it, I think it took my breath away. And I was like, I, are you sure you're talking to me? Because I'm not so sure about this. And I remember I had a couple of moments where you really had to journey with me through the doubt and the anxiety around it. And I'm not really prone to anxiety a lot. So we knew it was it was not of God. Um, and um, I mean, what a, wow. I mean, I, I still think back to that event and um, it changed changed my life forever not to put too fine of a point on it, but the women I met, the spending, getting to spend time with you and, and your team, um, certainly, but, and then going to Australia was just a dream come true for me in general. So um, it was, 
yeah, it was just a, just an anointed time. It really was. And then we've had this friendship ever since. I know God is so good because I think like we've only seen each other in person once, but we were, <laughs> so I'm hanging out for this darn pandemic to finish. So I can get over to the U S again. I feel like that's a for us. So I know that's, that's, that's going to be our prayer that we can have that, have that time together and, um, and, you know, and really see what kind of, of uh, trouble we get into. Yes, absolutely. And it was just, it has been a friendship. We would speak every couple of weeks, wouldn't we? A message mm-hmm. most weeks. So that has been such a joy and a blessing. So it's wonderful to have you. So now I can share you with all the women on the podcast. <laughs> you are so generous. You really are. There's, for those of you that don't know, Karen, and don't you dare edit this out of the podcast. because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in control. <laughs> No, but there's a, there is a spirit of generosity about you. Um, and there is a spirit of just um, speaking truth and love to others. And I think that you are so good at recognizing the giftedness of others and encouraging us. So um, I know for me, I have been the recipient of that on numerous occasions. Um, and I just love that, that that's the friendship and the sisterhood that, that God's carved out for the two of us to, to experience. Um, so I'm grateful. Plus, we just laugh a lot, which is I know it's fun. And you're my night, you're my late night go-to woman because when everyone's asleep in Australia, I need to talk. I'm like, Laura, (laughs) are you around? And you're just waking up. So, and usually I'm I'm a night owl most nights, so it it does work for us. We we have lots of great and healthy conversations. A lot of times we don't talk about anything heavy either. We're just like, how was your day? Tell me all the things and. Yeah. yeah, it's I just love I just love what God's done with this. It's I mean, um, it's so, been a lifesaver for me. So Ditto hundred times. <laughs> well, look, today in this podcast, what we're going to share and talk about is the seasons in a woman's life because you and I are both at different seasons and we've, you know, we've obviously matured along the journey and and gone through all, weathered all of the seasons. And it's an area that I think is really helpful for women to have insight into because sometimes we can hit a particular season and go, oh, my gosh, what the heck is going on? And we flounder. We can also fall into despair and hopelessness if we don't understand the season. And also, importantly, that we don't understand that seasons are cyclical and they pass, they come and go. So often I think we feel like we get stuck in a particular season but I think it's that hope in Jesus where we realize this isn't going to last forever and you've done yeah you've done a lot of work around this area of seasons and identifying this season so can you share a little bit with me about that work that you've done before we dive into it sure so um with the uh women's ministry that I co-founded um back in 2018 encounter grace we run um small group studies um with, we have two, two groups of women, two cohorts, if you will. And this latest one that we did was called Seasons and they're five weeks. And um, it's always rooted in scripture. We always do Lexio Divina and, that kind of, and um, spend time praying together um, and then really unpacking different topics. So this time around with Seasons. And the reason we brought this together was based on our three years with these walking and journeying with, with these women accompanying one another and really getting to know where everybody was. And what we kept hearing was, oh my gosh, this stage of life that I'm in, this stage of life. And I kept thinking, "Mm, it's not quite a stage, right? A stage has a very, um, has very specific characteristics and there is a clear beginning and a clear end. And so what I, 
what I use the example is you are an empty nester if your last child leaves your nest mm -hmm. and nobody returns for a period of time. Yes. And so that is, you know, that is a stage of life, an empty nest stage. A season of life is, as you said, cyclical, and it, it, can, it can last a very short amount of time. It can last for years, right? Or you can go through little mini seasons within it, and you can experience many seasons at a time. And when we, when we sat down to, to really think about which ones we wanted to talk about, because you could, you could package these in any way, but the five that we chose were a season of discovery, a season of weight, a season of sorrow, a season of abundance and a season of contentment. Mm, and really like those, yeah, they, they really kind of um, overlap one another in some ways. And then the way that we approached it with the women in unpacking it was we looked at, well, we looked at the definition of each one of those words, which was really interesting. Um, we looked at some synonyms so that the ladies were like, oh, I have thought that was the same thing. And we're like, okay, so you were sort of on the right track. Yeah. And then we looked at, um, what that particular season might look like and um, what that season might feel like. We looked at um, how we experience that season based on whether we are rooted in the gospel or if we're not rooted in the gospel because those seasons look very different. Mm. And then, um, then we looked at how do you know if you're coming out of that season? Because so many of us think like, oh, I'm stuck, like you said, I'm stuck in the season forever. Well, no, this is how you know you're kind of getting out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then sort of what comes next. And, um, and it was really fascinating to watch the ladies sort of unpack these things because they're like, oh, I want the season of abundance or I want the season of contentment. You know, everybody was picking their sides, you know, like I can't wait to get to this. Yeah. But what we realize is depending on where we are in relationship with Christ, where we are in that, um, I said, you know, whichever side of the, of the church door you're standing, so to speak, right? Um, a season can look very, very different, Yes. right? And I love that you use the word hope because that was what came out of the discussions about the seasons uh -huh. were that if we are rooted in the gospel, no matter what season we are in, if we are rooted in the gospel, hope is the, is the overarching, mm. um, it's the thread that just runs through it, that keeps us connected and keeps us, um, keeps us grounded and it gives us something to hold on to. Yeah. Um, so it was really a fruitful, pun intended, I was going to say no pun intended, but I think pun <laughs> intended, you know, seasons growing, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so really to, to see the women sort of embrace where they were and be like, okay, I got this. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly maybe some tweaks that I need to make and, or I'm settling in for the, for the journey for the little bit. So it was great. It's really oh, good. Beautiful. You such a, the um, women's ministry that you developed in Counter Grace is beautiful. You do so many amazing studies and deep dives. And I think that's one of your great gifts, Laura, is your ability to just put this beautiful language around a person's experience. And I think that that has been such a gift to me. I know it was at our sisterhood conference. So yes, I'm excited about these seasons. So oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel like it's something that I've grown into. Um, I think I'm, having other people tell me this is a gift that I see that you have has given me that courage to step out and to step out. Um, not in, you know, not in, in, from a place of fear even, right. Some of us step out and we're like, Oh, what's going to happen. But it was more like, um, 
am I really gifted in this way? And so to have the encouragement and to have that, that validation is, um, has been really amazing. You know, it's often said, if you walk away from something after you've done it and you feel energized, right. And you feel excited about it, then you know that you're in your, you're working from your giftedness. And that, that really is, um, you know, how I'm, how I'm hoping I'm honoring God by using it. Absolutely. Where you are. <laughs> Just <Thank> you. saying. <laughs> you're, you're such a good encourager with that, oh, well, for sure. Tell me, I would love to hear more about each of these seasons. So you identified five seasons. Can you run us through each of them? Sure. Yeah. So the first season was a season of discovery. And discovery um, is sort of like you are curious, you're, you want to learn some more things. Um, you have come to terms with, with this idea that you don't have it all figured out, you don't have it all solved. And when, I, when we talk about seasons, I think an important distinction to make is you can look at a season as a secular season. So maybe at your work life, maybe it's something going on in your family. Um, it could be any one of those things, or it could also be a season that you're experiencing in your faith life, right? So what's my faith life with Jesus? So any of these seasons can be experienced in both ways or one or to other, right? So just to kind of give you that clarification that those parentheses around that. But when we talk about this season of discovery, it is, you have this yearning, this desire, you're sort of like, huh, is there something more out there? What else do I need to know? What else, what else do I need to have? For me, um, when I am in a season of discovery, I get a little restless. I get a little like, there's, what else are you doing with me, Lord? Okay, there's something that you want me to learn. There's some new skill. There's something new I need to discover about myself. Um, Maybe it's I have a new thing to discover about my kids, right? Or I learn, or I meet a new friend, or I try something new, you know. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not successful, I always am learning something. So that season of discovery um, can be a really exciting time, right? Um, if you are not rooted in the gospel, a season of discovery can feel very disruptive. Yes, I like my box. I don't yep. want to get out of my box, right? And so a season of discovery where the Lord's maybe or Holy Spirit's maybe urging you, you know, out of your comfort zone a little bit, you're like, yeah, no, 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 I'm all good. I got nothing else I need to learn. And so unless we have an obedience, an obedient heart, and unless we are in a, in a posture of surrender, mm. um, a season of discovery can be really disconcerting and produce anxiety for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah. You're and so, for a long time, right? I'm pardon. I'm sorry. When it, when it goes on for a long time, when it goes on for a long time and discovery. Time. Yeah. It's like, what else, what else do, haven't I done? What else do I need to do here? Like I thought I, I thought I'm doing what you want me to do. Lord. Yes. Yeah. And so in it, it, again, that's why I say it all depends on, you know, which side of the church door you're on, or are you rooted in the gospel or not? Um, and the way that you know that you're coming out of the season of discovery is you no longer feel so restless. You no longer feel so disconnected and you feel tethered and excited around the new information that you've learned, whatever that is. Um, so that's discovery. And it's funny because the women were like, I'm exhausted. Like <laughs> hard work. I'm like, the seasons are hard work and discovery is a, a very, very active season. And it can also um, stir up a lot of emotional um, things that you have to get sorted out, right? Things that you need to learn, right? Can, can also bring up some things that 
you know, feelings about that. Um, so it, it can be a difficult season um, and it can also be a very lonely season because you're sort of on your own learning it. Mm. Um, so that's where the surrender comes in. Lord, send me the right people to accompany me on this. Um, the next season is a season of wait and nobody wants to do this season at all. People are like, I want to avoid this yes, at, <laughs> at all costs. Let's <laughs> <Please keep this laughs> moving. <laughs> Let's move right along. And, yeah. and the thing about a season of wait the more, um, you know, and speaking with women and, um, you know, and just my own seasons of weight is that this is the most productive season that we can possibly have. It all depends on it, which if we're rooted in the gospel or not. So it comes down to, in my opinion, right, my experience is that when we are in a season of weight, two things are happening. The Lord says, yes, but not yet. Come in, girl. I got you. It's coming. I promise you. I, you know what, girl, like, you're not quite ready yet. And I don't want you to fail. I need you to be successful. And so during the season of wait, I'm going to prune you. I'm going to help you grow. And that's why you can also have a, this season of discovery during this good. time. <laughs> it doesn't sound good, but, but, it is, it but, is. What but it it's so beautiful because what really takes place is it's this transaction of the heart space, right? It's an opening of your heart to say, okay, God, where, show me, show me where, show me what I need to learn so that I'm not successful. The devil is going to want to bring you down. If God brings you to it and you're not ready, he's going to use that very thing that you haven't bound. Whatever needs to be, whatever woundedness you have that you have not bound and, and, and surrendered, he's going to use it and he's going to use it in very big ways. And he's also going to use it really subtle ways, right? So that you're not successful. And God doesn't want that. He wants you to be successful. So that time of wait, it's sort of that time of, of him forming you into the diamonds that you're supposed to become, right? The second way that we experience a season of wait, and I think it's the harder one, is where the Lord says, no, I have something better. But we never hear that second part. We hear no, and we hear an authoritative father slamming a door. And with that no, and with that slamming of the door, we hear you're not good enough. You're never going to be enough. You're to this, you're not that, you're you're all the things, right? So, but if we just give it a hot second and we trust and we surrender and we say, Lord, what do you mean? And he says, I have something better for you. I delight in you so much. You are worth so much more than the limit that you're putting on yourself. So if you just trust me, right? If you just trust, I promise you, it's gonna be better than you can ever imagine. So come with me on this journey. And that's a hard season of weight. That is trusting every single, with every single ounce and fiber of our being. Yes. I've experienced both seasons of weight. I don't like either of them. No. <laughs> I like when they're done, <laughs> right? Because then I look back and I'm like, wow, look at what you did, God. Like, that was so, you were right. <laughs> you know, like, you were right. And so, you know, in that season of weight, we have to really have that, that posture of, of really trusting the Lord in what he's doing. And then we have to be open to what it is that he is trying to, to reveal about ourselves. Yes. I love the idea of, you know, when he says, no, I have something better for you. I always think of, well, he's already there. Yeah. Like he's already there. He's already moved he all it. the pieces. He sees it from this and he sees it all. So what we see is just this, 
we just see this view, the immediate, what's right in front of us. But God sees like the whole picture. And I think that's what you're saying is that we have to lean into Mm -hmm. trust that his ways are higher and better than what we could possibly want, dream, hope, or imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I heard it said, and this sort of gave me that perspective. I hadn't really thought about it. He said, you know, Jesus, or God planted the tree that Jesus was hung, was crucified on. God planted that tree, knowing that that would be the tree. I was like, that blew my mind. And that really sort of put all of that in perspective for me, right? He already is there. He already knows. He's moved all the pieces, like you said. Mm. So it's, it's that it's really does come down to that. So, and you know, you're moving out of a season of weight when you have that, um, when you have a sense of, I got this. Okay. I see the picture now. I'm good with, with what this is. And you can kind of look back with hindsight and sort of rest in the gift that he, that he gives you. Um, so that's that season of weight. It's um, see the gift, isn't it? Like to see when you're going mm-hmm. through the difficulty, the grief, um, whatever it is, the hard stuff, it is really hard to, to trust and believe that there's a gift in that. I was talking yeah. to Claire Dwyer last week and we were speaking about just, well, actually, no, I think it was Mary Lindenberg. We were talking about the first sin in the garden was actually to doubt the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And so even in the hard stuff, we still have to be trusting and leaning into the fact and the truth that he's always good and he's always faithful despite what's happening. And, and that he's always doing something like, all things work for good for those that love the Lord in Romans, that he is at work. He will make beauty from the most horrific ashes in our lives. We just have to have that receptivity, don't we? Yes. The reset. I love that word, the receptivity to it. I think too, that, you know, people think that nothing, like you said, to your point, nothing's happening in a season of weight. It feels like it drags on, but there's so much work that's happening. Some of it's big work and some of it's little work day by day by day. It's surrender to me, surrender, surrender, right? Yeah. Um, So one of the things that I learned from a season of weight that I experienced recently was that, you know, we need to look at what our prayer is, right? And so because God already knows the answer, because he already knows what what he wants from us and what he wants for us, right? Um, This idea of what is it that we're praying? And so many people and I include, you know, pointing, I'm pointing at myself. It's a very specific prayer. Lord, please, I need, I need to make X amount of dollars at this job in order to be able to do, you know, whatever it is I want to do. I need, and that's the prayer, right? Day in and day out. And really what the prayer should be is, Lord, send me, send me where I can do your will and you'll make it enough. And so when you flip that prayer, it, it puts it all back on God, right? Where it needs to, where it, where it comes from to begin with. And I think that then you get this release from anxiety when you do that because you realise it's actually not up to you like to strive and hustle and to make it and force it. But when we just surrender it and we we believe and we trust that he's in control, then there's a grace and a peace that flows from that. So absolutely. Well, fear is, fear is, or I'm sorry, anxiety is fear of the future. It's that what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. And then you know, so if we can, if we can surrender that part of it, like you said, and just find that trust and, and we build that trust day by day, it doesn't come all in one big swoop in. It's, it's a daily, it's a daily, like, Oh, you look at what you did, Lord. Thank you. So we have to be on, we have to receive it. We have to be on the lookout for it. It's a whole different way of interacting with the Lord when you're in that season of wait. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, though. So season yeah. eight. What's the third season? Okay, so the third season is season of sorrow, and really nobody uh, wants to be in sorrow. I don't know. <laughs> and there's some good seasons. <laughs> there, well, yeah. In abundance, mm. I heard abundance. They're all they're all actually good seasons. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you're thinking about it, right? Because I think there's good fruit that's born. Um, so a season of sorrow, most people think of it as it is this endless depressive state of you know nothing goes right. And it's just, you know, poor me, poor me, poor me kind of thing, right? We have our own little pity party in the corner. So when I look at sorrow, I look at it, I kind of come at it from like a side door, right? So um, I never do things head on. Like yeah. peeking around the corner going, oh, wait, look over here. What we have. <laughs> so when we look at sorrow, sorrow is based on two things. Uh, so sorrow really is um, where we are grieving the loss of something loved. And that something could be a person. That something could be a job. It could be a relationship. It could be a material thing that we've lost. It could be what we had hoped was going to happen and didn't happen, right? We get something completely different or we don't get anything at all. So when we're in a season of sorrow, what we have to acknowledge is what is it that we're, what is it that we've lost? And I would, and I would posit that everyone has lost something in the last 18 months. Yeah. We've lost a dream. We've lost travel opportunities. Some of us really have lost loved ones, um, you know, either through death or, or illness, we couldn't see people. You, so all of that stuff, right? And the thing is, is that unless we take that opportunity to really grieve it, it just stays with us. And the more it stays, the more it layers on because one thing kind of leads to another, leads to another. So um, St. Thomas Aquinas talks about a season, uh, about sorrow. And he talks about that there are two ways that it manifests itself. Number one is anxiety. And I'm not talking about people who have a clinically diagnosed anxiety disorder. That is something that, you know, people seek medical help for, that medications are there for, counseling is there for, and that is all good and holy work. Yes. And I, so I'm talking about just like in the moment in yes, the season of sorrow. Right. Okay. Um, so when you're, when you're feeling that anxious, right, that anxious state, it's that fear of what's going to happen because all you've known is that nothing goes according to plan. Nothing is happening. That's the whole past year, right? <laughs> right? You've lost every last thing. And unless we can stop and take a hot breath, a hot second and say, wow, that was awful, mm. right? I lost, I'm grieving this loss. And I'm sad about that, right? And so then we have to differentiate between emotions and feelings and we all have emotions, which then we get up in our feelings about them, how we choose to emote and express those emotions, get us into feelings, which leads us on a whole, we could do another whole podcast yeah, about behavior that. Behavior and all of yeah, that. Yeah, right, right. So you've got anxiety is one way that a season of sorrow can build up. And the other way is something called torpor, T-O-R-P-O-R. -O -O and if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, please somebody send me, because I don't want to sound like an idiot moving <laughs> forward, but I think it's torpor. Yes, I'm sure. And torpor is, um, torpor is just this feeling of like, lethargy. Um, you don't really want to interact with people. And that's even like introverts like me who then really, really, really don't want to interact. Um, 
it's a feeling of just like, you can't get out of bed. It's like, I'm just, I just want to lay around. So it's sort of a depressive state. And again, not somebody that's clinically depressed. This is coming on as a result of, of this unresolved grief or unacknowledged grief that we have. And I always like in Torpor, so hopefully people will get this reference, but the movie Inside Out, it was a Pixar movie that came out several years ago. And it was all of the feelings and the emotions were sort of having this, this um, interplay. And Torpor was sort of the round blue looking woman yeah. And she just like dragged along the bottom everywhere and she just brought everybody down. And, and Joy, the, the um, emotion Joy was like, you need, to, you need to move so I can come in. And she's like, no, he needs to experience me so that there is room for you because I take up a lot of space. Mm. And Joy is like, ooh, like up and down, like, like a rocket. And depression is sort of like big and bulky and it just fills up all those spaces. And so this idea of torpor then is that's sort of like the, the anxiety turned inward, right? It's like, it's, so we stuff it down and we stuff it down and we stuff it down, right? Hoping yeah. it just sort of goes away. Yeah, it doesn't the do The thing that. about sorrow, no. And the thing about sorrow is it's going to come at you. You're, you're going to, it's going to get you one way or the other. And so we have to be really, we have to understand that it's a season and that there are ways around it. <laughs> I love <laughs> about the way uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was something he said. Um, he's like, you know, take a warm bath and have a nap. Seriously. Like that was one of the things that he recommended all those years ago, yeah. a little self-care. And he also said, you know, to have pity on somebody means you have compassion towards them. So give yourself that compassion that you would have somebody else. So in a season of sorrow, you know that you're starting to come out of it when the torpor sort of lifts or you're not so anxious about the future and you just feel a little more in balance mm. but you have to give yourself that time to grieve what was lost Absolutely. and people will say well you know it was just a job like why do I need it no you you had an expectation and there was some emotion wrapped around that you, you need to grieve that even if it's you sit and you know you have for me it's you know I just have a little come apart and I have a good cry and I love that word. You, you often say that have a come apart. <laughs> I have a come apart, right? Like I just I love it. But it's yeah. So so yeah. when we have a come apart, right? We we crack, yes. right? And what what shines through the cracks? Light, joy, happiness can come in. I like to think that God fills me with His super glue that puts me back together in a little bit of a different, a better pattern. And, and you know, there's that um, the physiology behind actually crying. It's it's scientifically proven it's important because that act of crying that act of lamenting and grieving actually releases that within your body I mean as you know and I, I've shared on a couple of podcasts ago we just had um, two suicides of um, young men that you know 13 16 that my kids knew and my daughter particularly said to me the other day she goes well when should I stop being sad and I said well you just have to do these things that release that grief and so that you can keep moving through it so that you don't become stuck and I thought gosh it's interesting to teach her about how to do that to exactly what you said have a bath care for yourself journal it pray talk walk <laughs> you know just those little things that do keep you moving so you don't get stuck yes and that's exactly what what was recommended those were all of the things right so this has been the season has been around as long as humans have been around, right? And so it's just, it's understanding and acknowledging and we have to allow ourselves to do that to, be, to become healthy, absolutely. 
So the fourth season then is abundance and everybody's like, oh, finally, I'm out of sorrow. I get to get like, I get to live abundantly. I'm like, well, you know, here's the thing about abundance. Yes, I know where you're going with this. (laughs) We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Yes, we did. We did. So abundance, as, as we talked about, was that sometimes, you know, we think of abundance as all of the good things. It's like, oh, finally, like things go my way. It's a day of green lights. You know, I get, they get my, my coffee order, right. And, you know, I had extra points, so I get it for free. And, you know, it's just a day like where everything goes right. And we think, finally, I'm in a season of abundance. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that we can also have a season of abundance of the not so good things. So hello, welcome to to my last 18 months. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And so people, when, when we brought this one up and I said that they all went, you are such a dream squasher. And I know, I know, I get it. But again, it depends on, on, you know, if we're rooted in the gospel, right? If we are rooted in the hope of the gospel, we see it all as gift. We see all of the good things that we get as a gift for no reason than God gifts us things. And we see the bad stuff as gift because we know that something is happening. We think it's a season where nothing's happening and we can just sort of float along and whatever, but really, you know, we are, it's sort of that this too shall pass mentality of some days you've got it all together. And then other days it feels like you have nothing and you can have this season of abundance of, you know, of feeling that way of the too much of the not good and too much of the good. Right. And so we're always striving to kind of even all of that out. But the reality is that we're humans and life is messy and chaotic. Thanks, Adam and Eve. <laughs> that's, that's sort of where it all started. And so it's this, it's, yeah, it's this idea of, you know, if we can look at abundance as, um, as, you know, it's just my turn to be, you know, to have more today and of the good stuff. And tomorrow it'll be my turn to have the not so good stuff. And if we see it as gift and that there is fruit that will be born of it, again, it's that idea of which, you know, how rooted in the gospel are you? The season of abundance teaches us if there is a fruit, if I could name a fruit for this particular one, is it's a fruit of detachment. Mm-hmm. So it is detaching from the outcome. It doesn't matter what you have or don't have, you have too much or whatever. It is detaching from that and just saying, thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I know that you're going to to use this for your, for your good and your glory. St. Therese of Lejeune, you know, everything is grace, everything is gift. Her perspective that no matter what comes, the good, the bad, the ugly, it's, it's all pure gift from the Lord, that he's at work in all of it. Yes, absolutely. So it's, it, it's, it's a season of, of active work on your part and detachment, and God is doing some amazing things in that. And we just, our job is to sit and sort of just appreciate it all. And that's what we do. The last season is a season of contentment. And of course, everybody's like, okay, so you took abundance away from me. Can I just rest? (laughs) Are you going to take contentment away from us too? Yep, absolutely. And here's why. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? And maybe this podcast people don't want to listen to. (laughs) No, look, I think it's good because, you know, in Australia, as we've shared, like, we're just in lockdown like all the states can't leave the country can't leave your state people in many states can't even leave their home so I think this is really very timely so please tell us how we can be contentment right so contentment means to be happy and it means to be content you know a season of contentment just the sort of like 
kind of coast along a little bit, right? But this idea of contentment, um, on the surface, it's, we feel like we're resting, right? Like like we're just sort of in that, in a, I, I think of it like a swing, like you're not on the teeter-totter where you're up one and down the other, right? You're like in that fulcrum part, you're like in the center and you're just sort of like hanging out there, right? And, and that is a good place to be as long as we are using that time of contentment to, to, to use it as a season of praise as well, right? Like to make sure that we are praising and giving thanks. Like, and we're using it as a time to sort of reflect on the seasons that we've just been through. If we're not doing that, which means we're not really rooted in the gospel and we're not really in balance in our relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what that does is it breeds complacency a laziness, a slothfulness, and all of that starts to lead to a little bit of comparison. Hmm. Like she's got a little bit more than I have. I thought I was content, but so we're sort of like, if we're not looking carefully at the right thing, we're looking around us because now we've got all this time on our hands kind of thing, right? And we're looking over our shoulder and we're going, huh, how come she got this and I didn't get this? And, you know, and then that sort of can lead to some jealousy going on, right? And jealousy in and of itself is not a great thing. We don't want to be there. That's where the comparison hits. But all of that leads to envy. Mm. And envy is the most diabolical sin because envy is no longer wishing the good of the other. And we have fallen so far at that point. And so we, it's a very slippery slope if we're in the season of contentment and we're not recognizing it for what it is and what God wants us to do in the season. So we're resting. That's because we're resting up for the next season. <laughs> and the next season is usually discovery. So you're sort of like content. And then all of a sudden you're like, huh, I wonder if there's a new book I should be reading. And, you know, I heard about this. So I'm coming out of a season of contentment. <laughs> It scares me a little bit because I feel like I've just done a lot of work. Mm -hmm. um, but the season of discovery was like, huh, I think I need to read some books uh, on the saints and I specifically St. Catherine of Siena. She's been stalking me lately. I'm like, I think I'm supposed to read St. Catherine of Siena. So now I feel like I'm in this, I'm on the season now of discovery. What am I going to find? And what is she going to do? You know, what's the Lord going to do with me with this? with uh, me and uh, St. Catherine spending some time together. So um, so coming out of a season of contentment is you start to get restless, you start to get curious about things if you're rooted in the gospel, right? And now you have hope like, oh, what else is God gonna do? Like what's next? Yeah. And so we, we look at it that way as opposed to clutching that feeling of what we think is peacefulness, but it really isn't. No. It's, it's gonna eventually start to grate with us a yeah. little bit. It's a great so. um, mindset shift, I think, because yeah. similar to what you're saying, I find in my life, I know other people are sharing the same, that there's this holy curiosity about what 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 is God doing in the midst of all this, for all the pandemic mm -hmm. and personal lives and loss that people are experiencing. What is the Lord doing? And I think that holy curiosity does help us to walk the path and the invitation that's there before us in the situations that we find ourselves. Absolutely. So I, th I think if we can look at each season as what is the work that's actually happening and we can be like, okay, I think I'm heading into a season of wait, mm -hmm. but I know that there's some good and fruitful work coming. We're not as fearful of it. Mm -hmm. And we sort of just, we work alongside the Lord, right? We're, we're partners in it. Well, and, um, and that keeps us more, that keeps us on a better mindset, a better pathway, I think, Absolutely. than fighting it. 
And I just, as you speak, I'm reminded of St. Augustine's quote that he who created you without your cooperation, he won't save you without your cooperation. And so there's this sense and there's a mandate on us to be co-creators with God. But that also means co-creating, I guess, the shape of our life through our choices. And John Paul too beautifully says in his letter to artists that you are to work with the Lord to craft of your life a piece of art, a masterpiece, something that's really beautiful for God. And so in each of the seasons, there is that invitation to be co-creating with God, like you said, walking alongside, cooperating with him to shape our life through our choices, what we're focusing on, how we're perceiving what's happening in our life. And I think that's immensely powerful. Like you said, it comes back to being rooted in the gospel and that is a game changer. Yeah, it's, it's taught me, you know, how I, how I interact with, with the Lord. Um, you know, am I going to him with a laundry list of, of things? Like, here's my, here's my list for you today, honey. <laughs> you have to be irreverent, but you know, it sort of feels like a honeydew list, right? Like this and this, and if you could send this, that would be great. Um, but I think that if, if we can come at him from that holy curiosity, I love that phrase and, and be more like, you know, Lord, how are you going to surprise me today? That, that changes that conversation. It changes that relationship. It's all about an excitement and an awareness of who's really in charge. Um, and that, that is so freeing. Um, it takes a lot of work to get to that point, but Absolutely. I would also venture to say, if you, you know, if, if you can make that part of your prayer, mm. it doesn't have to be so hard. Does that make sense? Do you know what? No, it really does. And I think, I I mean, I really relate to this at the moment and I've shared on previous podcasts, just the past 18 months for us personally been a lot of loss. And last year, the online learning was just like really tested me. But this year I'm in a different space where there's still the loss. There's still a lot happening around us. But interiorly, there is a sense that the Lord is really close. And like you said, it's just this detachment actually from outcomes and just it's like what's left is me and the Lord, you know, in that interior cell, that interior cloister of my soul. And then everything else can continue to happen around me, but there is a deeper abiding peace there now. And I think that can only happen when you've experienced loss or when you've experienced the difficulty because that's what he's doing and that's the beautiful fruit of these yeah. different seasons in our lives. Yeah. I just I know think- so many people. I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just going to say, I just really want to encourage the women listening to this, if they do find themselves in this season, to just to press in and to lean in, to trust that he's good, he's faithful, and that he will bring us through. He will. There will be beautiful fruit through our yes and our cooperation with him. Absolutely. I just had dinner tonight with um, some cousins, I come from my mom's side is this very, very large family. And, and several of the women have recently experienced the loss of a, of a husband. Um, one of the, one of my second or third cousins, her mother just passed away and her father is very ill. So lots and lots of this loss and whatever. And we were the happiest table in the restaurant. We were sharing stories and we were, um, you know, there was just so much hope and you can have joy in the midst of sorrow. Yeah. You app the two can indeed coexist, you know, you, because what the joy does is that it re, you're remembering the good in that moment. So if you've experienced, so, you know, like we said, like if we're leaning into it, if we can understand that you can have joy in those moments, you can find hope. 
while going through some of these difficulties. You know, that's that that's being rooted in the hope of the gospel. And that's just so important. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Laura. She is such a beautiful friend and she has so much wisdom to share across a whole lot of topics. So if you'd like to listen to some of her earlier episodes, scroll back. I think she was guest number four or five last year when we launched the Genius Podcast. And you can check out her Ministry for Women Encounter Grace in the US. If you like what you're hearing on the Genius Podcast, can I please ask you to leave a review and share the link with your friends. We also have the live video recordings on YouTube. So check that out. The Genius Project YouTube channel has just gone live in the last few weeks and we're keen to share the message on that one. As I mentioned at the start of the podcast, we are having our virtual Catholic Women's event and I would love for you to join with us. We had over a couple of hundred women last time and it was amazing. We had beautiful speakers and we're bringing you this event on an incredible platform. So make sure you check out that link. Have a beautiful week, ladies, and God bless you.